The following podcast may contain spoilers, strong language, whatever thoughts, and nudity. Viewer discretion is advised. Eat, Eat shit, shit and die, Joe. Die, Brian. Eat shit and live. Wait, we, we, we fucked that up. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> Four guys and a movie. Four guys and a movie. Don't I, Brian, rob at your reviewing movies for the show. Four guys and a movie. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the 4AM podcast, the movie podcast for dorks by dorks. My name is Rob. I'll be your host this evening, joined by my friends in no particular order. Ryan. Tony. Oh, Meg, no. <laughs> that was uh, Joe, the <laughs> bastard offspring of Willem Dafoe and Mick Jagger. Uh, <clears throat> and this week we watched... Saturday the 14th, a horror movie <laughs> from the 80s, uh, also known as Sleepaway Camp. Uh, Joe. Yes? You seen this movie before? Uh, I have seen choice cuts of it on various YouTube videos, and from what I had seen, I'm like, I do need to see this movie, because it, uh, it was certainly special looking, and something that uh, you know demanded a watch. Okay. Uh, Brian, you ever seen this before? I've never seen this. I never even heard of it until someone someone brought it up for uh, us possibly watching for, you know, October because uh, it's, a, you know, a slasher movie. And I was like, sure, why not? I trust my friends. Let me just go ahead and watch this movie. Okay, first of all, nothing, nothing <laughs> about you has given any indication that you trust your friends. I don't know. I don't know and, what made you take this blind leap this time. And around. nothing we have done has told you you should trust us. Uh, Tony. Yeah. Tony. Of course. Tony. I've seen this. I've seen this piece series. of shit. I didn't choose this. He didn't pick it. Who picked it? I nom. I nominated it. And you all voted. Tony supported it. I don't and know Will who said, else. Will said, yeah. oh, yeah, let's do it. And then Ben said, oh, by then the he, way. Then he I'm ran away. Yeah. <laughs> I said it would make an interesting episode. I said it certainly would. <laughs> yeah. And Will and, Will was behind it, and then he read the IMDb review of it and was like, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta go. Uh, so you've seen this before. I've never seen this before. I've never even seen choice cuts. I've never even seen, like, the hot dog cuts. Uh, I'm pretty sure I heard a podcast about it years ago. Um, Did you at least see the uh, robot chicken no. of it? Nope. Okay. Nope. Um, yeah, so Sleepaway Camp. Uh, so what's, Tony, you got a little history about this movie for us? I do. Um, okay, uh, so Sleepaway Camp came out in 1983, rated R. Uh, directed by Robert Hiltz, Hiltzidz. Sure, yeah, that sounds great. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I want to point out though, for an R-rated '80s movie, this is underwhelming. Yeah. What? No, Bri- no. no, no, Brian, no, Brian, well, no. Well, <laughs> now yeah, about that. Actually, you might have to narrow that down a little bit. Underwhelming in what way precisely? <laughs> um, just gore. Yeah, it doesn't have the ultra violence that. Yeah, come on, they they spread cream cheese and jelly all over that fat guy. It, mm. It's like this movie is like like uh they were like, what's the minimum to get this rating? 
And they were like, we could take one thing out to get a PG-13 or whatever, a PG or whatever. And they were like, fuck it, leave it in. Whatever. <laughs> I was like, right, uh, right. There's, someone's doodles in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah there's, there's a lot of man ass. And they take, um, they take uh, swearing to a whole new level. Like regular yeah. people in the 80s swore? Like way more than that. But it is weird that it's one of the few slashers where like a good portion of the victims There's live. no slashing. Mm. There's uh it's penetration. <laughs> is there? So anyway, uh the director did this and he may have helped direct the return to Sleepaway Camp. Yeah, that's like five of these fuckers. Oh yeah. I like how in the sequel they just totally disregard the entire like um like cross gender gender identity of Angela it's just like nope she's better now she's just a woman new actress she's better now so that's it basically okay. how they treated but, it so uh, sorry yeah. Tony, sorry no so, so I just by the way there's so a reboot Angela, on the way so let me so hold on Angela is just like in the sequels like they just they just let it, so they found her looking like that boy out in the woods and they just were like oh this is Lieber she's she fine. said she said that she got treatment treatment yes. and now she's a camp counselor at a new camp and she's <laughs> murdering everyone who's doing bad things at the camp okay. but there's no like like it's um there's no androgyny at all. Like they cast a different actress, and she's well, clearly. You know what? Honestly, like, the androgyny yep. doesn't even it doesn't do doesn't mean shit mean anything. Yeah, and the yeah. Well, yeah. After the initial shock of this ending, that that's there's no like, shock in the ending. Well, the, rest of the movie in, had me so desensitized to anything. In 1983, um, there was shock to that ending. Right. I guess. Yeah. yeah I guess. 37 years later, not so much. <laughs> yeah, but that that was essentially their uh, he was dead the whole time moment. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so you're, you're saying there's some some stuff. Uh, yeah. So uh, the director of this, uh, Robert Hiltzik, what, mm-hmm. however you say it. Uh, apparently, the camp this was shot at is the camp he used to attend as a child. Uh, originally, Jane Krasowski uh, from John Krasinski know, like, from The Office. No, uh, Jane uh, from like Thirty Rock and such was going to play Judy, but. Uh, she read the script and she was down for it for a while, but uh, then she dropped out when she learned about Judy's uh, grisly death, mm. uh, which apparently was much worse in the original cut. So they did have to uh, take some things out of this, believe it or not. So uh, it was left in there. What exactly was Judy's death? We don't know. <laughs> I mean, she did get smothered. Right. Right. And well, her... some other horrible stuff happened. Yes. Yeah. But well, like, I mean, we can, I can presume, but then I'm like, well, is that just, is that just my mind being awful or? Uh... No, it, you're, you followed the clues that they, uh, the suggestions they put out for you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, Felicia Rose, the lead actress of this movie, was only 13 at the time, believe it or not. I believe it. In all fairness, a bit, like they were all kids except for the counselors who were like thirties, like mm-hmm. and well, Judy. <laughs> well, yeah, Judy, no, no. Judy was probably twenty. Hmm. Well, yeah, it, it was a real mixed bag of like you were either nine years old or thirty. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was all over the place. Yeah, I feel like Judy was the same age as Meg. Yes, just shorter. Uh, the kid that played uh, Mozart, 
apparently that, that was getting bullied all the time was actually getting bullied on the set quite a bit and had to, <gasps> to step in to stop that. Oh, that's sad because that looked like it was kind of like friendly bullying. On the screen it was, but uh, anyway, uh, the movie had some continuity issues. No. Stop uh, it. Yeah. <laughs> which uh, included the fact that it was shot in early fall so at one point they had to spray paint leaves brown and the grass green to try and keep it look like it's still summer and the uh, police officer at one point is wearing a fake officer mustache, mustache. Uh, what do you mean at the end when he's staring into the camera yeah, right Holy <laughs> crap. walks out of the showers and he just has his freaking gerbil stapled to his mouth. <laughs> like, what the? That... I like how they're like, well, why don't we just go back and shoot the scene with the police car again? They're like, nah, fuck it. Fake stash. anyone would have cared if he didn't have a mustache. Yeah. Like, this, like, it's the freaking Justice League. I like <laughs> that mustache that they found. They were like, nah, good enough. Just roll with that. Oh, yeah. We're going to Photoshop it out. Um, I could I could have drawn something better with Sharpie. Oh it was so bad. It looks like they just cut it off of one of the rugs in one of the freaking cabin. Honestly, he might as well have just like put some Sharpie on his finger and held it up over his nose. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, and I don't know, if, you know how much we should say this because it kind of spoils the ending here. But uh, oh. yeah. Big surprise, the ending was uh, not the actress Felicia as, uh, in the long shots there. It was her face mask that was put on some drunk college student. And... Has never come forward. <laughs> they they yeah. did a tour go? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, the head of Paul that they made for this film has gone missing. So somebody's having a good time with that thing. So they made a prosthetic head, but just couldn't couldn't be bothered just, you know, just mold a dick real quick. Well, no, they they did. That was the original Funny story idea. about that. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, basically, like, they were going to do that, but, you know, she was 13 and was uh, an actual woman, so it was kind of hard to hide that. Her, her mom had to put the foot down and be like, no, you're not doing that to my daughter. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's that's fair. <laughs> that is that is probably good. Good on you, mom. Yeah. Is that, is that what? She was a doer. She was a doer. The bare minimum. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so do you want to guess what the budget this movie had? Holy I, crap. I think I already know. So I'll, uh, uh, yeah. It I couldn't think... have been a million. It had uh, 200,000? Um, I'm going to say 300,000. Wait, no, because there probably was at least one lawsuit from, 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 from fucking someone trying to touch, touch some kids. Mm. So I'm going to say 500,000. <laughs> Mm. Rob, uh, wasn't it like two hundred grand? Uh, no, it was three fifty. Oh, okay, oh, uh, but I nice. I knew it was under. I knew it was well under a million. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, do you want to guess how much it made? I think I know this too. So I'm... they made five of these fuckers. So I'm gonna say two million dollars. Yeah, in '83, even if it made a million, that's a success. I'll go with a million. It made uh, four hundred thirty-three thousand its opening weekend and eleven million worldwide. Wow! Dang, yo. Yeah. Wow! So they're they got the Blumhouse model going on mm. here. 
when did it come out for it? Like, it, what, 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 what part of the year did it come out with? Did we have nothing else in the theaters that, like... <laughs> uh, I believe it did come out around October, and it was... Or, no, November. Uh, so it was, you know, kind of horror movie-themed stuff was the idea. I mean, but in the early 80s, like, slasher movies like this were the rage, though. Yeah. Yeah, slasher movies exactly like this. <laughs> well... <laughs> Also, in the 80s, people couldn't, you know, go to Rotten Tomatoes the weekend after yeah. it came out to find out how it was. So. Yeah, but, like, the first the first friend who saw it could be like, yep. no, nope. fuck <laughs> oh, no, no, the you first... know, you know damn well the first friend that saw it was like, no, go see it. Tell yeah. me what you think. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I would have been like, no, you have to see it. Must see. 10 out of 10. <laughs> Get to see a cartoon character with a dick in the end. It's great. Get more than one boy pile. (laughs) (laughs) Rooftop water balloon fights. A million swear words. What else could you want? The shit looks like it was found in John Waters' toilet. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody fished it out and put it in a theater. Yeah. Oh, goodness. All right. Joe, who graces the silver screen in this film? So we have Felissa Rose who, by all accounts, is a champion about her role in this film. Um, yeah. Yeah, as Angela. Uh, you got Jonathan Tiersten as Ricky, uh, Karen Fields as Judy, and Christopher Colet as Paul. There's more, but they really don't fucking matter. Yeah, they don't matter. But yeah. 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 Um, so you know, you most... know who didn't star in this movie? Pants. <laughs> Pants. <laughs> most of shirts. They most were not yeah. allowed on set. <laughs> yeah. Common sense no. of any kind. The part of pants that covers your leg at all, gone. The pant, the part of shirts that cover your yeah. torso. Actually, I'll, I'll give a shout out to Ronnie's shorts. We'll put those in the uh, the cast list. Ronnie's shorts. All right. Yeah, that was the fucking worst. Uh, so right. this movie starts with a <laughs> in memory of which. Oh yeah. I don't even like. In fond memory of. In fond he, yeah. memory. He dedicated this to his dead mother. Ugh. A doer. A doer. A doer. <laughs> I just assume it's a it's a typo and he meant a doozer, like from Fraggle yeah. Rock. His <laughs> mother was a cave-dwelling insect muppet that builds <laughs> skyscrapers out of her vomit. I don't know. Somebody right. somebody move this along. <laughs> so we get a we get a spooky title card over a uh an abandoned camp, but you hear kids ADR'd in, which is a kind of a running problem in this movie, but there's a lot of scenes where it's like kids saying the same five things over and over again in the background. Mm-hmm. Um, but the camp appears to be trashed and then it cuts out to a gate and you see that there's a sheriff's warning not to go in there. And then it cuts to the sign for Camp Arawak and it's for sale. Then it goes to eight years earlier and we're on a lake that's suspiciously like the other side of Lake Arawak. <laughs> Um, I wonder why. Yeah. And we cut to a boat full of schemers. You know, you got these uh, these two little kids um, throwing their dad in the water, having a good time. It's this random guy who you're like, why is this guy even here on the beach telling no, their dad? No, I, like I guessed immediately. I was like, mm-hmm. these guys together, that's, that makes like, what's good? Like, what's good? Mm-hmm. Oh, hey, we got to go. So-and-so's coming. Like, mm. uh, well, I was speaking in terms of what the narrative is trying to do. I guess. It's... Yeah. <laughs> In 1983, you would have been like, okay, that's, you know, it's just a some veil random guy. of saran wrap. But either, either way, you have to fucking, you got this boat with this 
this combination of blondes where you got a blondor at the helm riding this driving the speedboat around there's this poor girl water skiing behind it who's just like stop i want to stop and just she let won't go. just let go right. of the rope can't just let go and then there's this other girl who really wants to drive the boat and is also really terrible at driving a boat <laughs> um well <clears throat> i mean yeah so, she was born with a condition that she can't move her arms left or right yeah. <laughs> uh, only straight ahead so so it's yeah rough. She she uses her uh, her feminine wiles to gain control of the boat from um, Blondor, and um, they both look at the water skier behind them and not where they're going. It, except they do have a good like thirty seconds to turn the boat, and she chooses not to. Thirty seconds. So <laughs> come on, water skiing girl is screaming at the top of her lungs. Yep. There's people ahead of us. If there's water skiing girl has been screaming this entire time and will continue to scream the entire time she's in this film. Yes, correct. But they were also, I'd say, mm, six and a half miles from the people Yeah, they were heading towards. I do love the water skiing girl is seemingly the one most traumatized by this whole experience. Oh, yeah. Well, the other two crashed onto the land. Like, so this boat that had uh, this little, little small sailboat had capsized. The kids kind of turned it over mm-hmm. on their dad. They were having a good time, laughing, whatever, whatever. But it's only like fifteen feet from the shore. Mm-hmm. Like, like, right. So the speedboat is just headed toward the shore. Like, there's no, there's yeah, no, right. like, yeah. Fuck the boat. Like, it's just gonna slam <laughs> it to the shore. But- and the dad, yeah. the dad easily like. Okay, I, I believe that the the, the blondors in the boat, you know, were too busy fucking around to notice. But the dad could have easily grabbed both of his kids and just right. ducked, right. just ducked. Like, let alone sidestepped, which he had plenty of time to do. Um, so the boat um, plows over their dad, and uh, you see one of the two kids is uh, also injured. And then we cut ahead to, um, you know. The uh, you know, the beginning of camp season at Camp Arawak, and we meet Ricky and Angela. Um, Angela being a cousin living with Ricky after the um, you know, her her brother and her father were killed in the crash, and they're headed off to their first day at camp. And oh my god, their mom, their mother, what the (laughs) hell, what kind of robot are we talking about here? So, uh, someone turned it up to 11. Yeah, so mom is clearly talking to other mom. Like, on more than one occasion, she's just like, oh no, that won't do at all. And she's looking at no one and, like, like asking herself questions. And there's this weird part about she forgot something, so she tied a string around her finger. And, you know, okay, the joke is, well, she forgot what the string was for, but, like, you're just watching this woman. You're like, what the hell is going on? Oh, that's right. I remember. I tied this rope around my neck. Yo, the acting in this movie is like it's like everyone's first job. It's like yeah. the first time Ooh. they ever get, had a script in front of them. The first time they ever were in front of a camera. It was just they either <laughs> were jamming it up another or person. Yeah, this honestly, this whole thing feels like the camp was just like, "Hey guys, for the end of the year, we got some cameras. We're gonna make a movie." Yeah, right. yeah. Which one of you knows how to use a curling iron? Anyway, um, so talking like freaking big wonder, like small I, wonder grew all up. Yeah, well, I yeah. think the idea is they want to kind of give you the idea right away that the mom isn't right. So things make sense later. Yeah. I so guess <laughs> she says she's a doctor and has given them their physicals and like <laughs> basically just forged those forms. 
I think she is a doctor. Because mm-hmm. even when we see the, the couple on the beach before when the kids die, they say the doctor's coming. I think yeah. she was a doctor. <laughs> well, yes, that that's entirely possible here. It's kind of a house yeah. situation. Yeah. So um, the kids arrive at Camp Arawak and there's just it's like the invasion of Normandy. There's just a swarm of children running off these buses, screaming at the top of their lungs. <laughs> yeah. And like the shorts. The shorts oh, are the shorts. a, they're both, both a boon and a problem throughout this entire film. You're like, you're like, oh my God, the eighties, but you're like, oh, the eighties. There's, there's so much range of motion. Yeah. Yeah. Like, total. Totally yeah, that's true. Their legs were unimpaired. Granted, you would slice your testicles in half with every single movement of your legs, but. No, uh, no, yeah. no, no, no. Push back no. up in there. That's all. Yeah. But, <laughs> yes. No, um, the leg the legs aren't even past the bulge. These shorts are so short. <laughs> yeah, and Rob, I can honestly tell you for sure that that didn't happen because you can see the outline of most testicles yeah. throughout the majority of the movie. <laughs> this is very true. Yeah, and now Ronnie, who is just this muscle clad like assistant uh, camp director guy, I mean, this guy's jacked, and he's fucking his shorts. He looks like if he flexes too hard, they're just gonna be destroyed. So oh, he yeah. looked like, uh, like to me, like if Carrot Top and Martin Short kind of got mixed together. Mm. Like that's like because uh, he turned his head at one point. I was like, he looks like Martin Short, but he's fucking <laughs> ridiculous uh, arms like fucking Carrot Top. Like, yeah. <laughs> ridiculous arms like Carrot Top. Oh, what a world we live in. These. Yo, but he, he, uh, he is super jacked. I know. But you got to <laughs> throw in like Young Travolta in there. Mm-hmm. So the next line of my notes is more than one pedophile is watching the ladies get off the buses more, way more uh, than is acceptable. Um, See, this is part of what I like about the movie. It's mm -hmm. subtlety here. Yeah. 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 (laughs) <laughs> like the way that after after those kids got father got run over by the boat, that girl in the water was just screaming for like a full twenty minutes with the camera mm-hmm. straight on her face. Yeah, subtle. So yeah, we meet Artie, the head chef. He um, refers to some of the young ladies as baldies, mm-hmm. and uh, he is not like really denounced by the rest of the people working in the kitchen. They, they're at best. They're like, Oh, that already he's incorrigible, but it, you know, it seems like they're friggin' in on it too. So anyway, um, we meet Paul who's, um, Ricky's friend and he, uh, he has a lot to say about Judy's boobs and we meet Judy talking to some older boys and, uh, Judy and Ricky were a thing the summer before, but now Judy's like pretty much ignoring him. Because she's suddenly 20 years older. Yeah. And then, um, you know, we go to the girls' cabin where we meet Meg, M-E-G, Meg. Um, And Angela, who has not said a word this entire film, is just staring at Judy, like, for forever. And, like, Judy, like, freaks out about it. Um, And then we cut to, like, lunchtime, you know, at the the mess hall there. And uh, we see that the owner, Mel is just all up ons with this uh, counselor, Meg, in a really not good way. And Meg's all into it. Yeah, and Mel is uh, pretty much one of the grossest human forms I could ever imagine. Um, (laughs) He's he's a member of Clan Nosferatu. He's he's a goblin of a man. Yeah. He he is a goblin man. Yep. Um, So, they, uh, you know, they're... 
eating and Angela's not eating anything. So Ronnie's like, I'm going to help. I'm going to go take Angela to meet Artie and Artie will get her something to eat. Right. And I'm just going to like, even, even without the total, like obvious, like intentions that Artie is displaying, like I would not leave a child with that man. Oh yeah. <laughs> Period. Just the stains on his shirt alone yeah. should disqualify him from yeah. watching over children. And all of them looked like urine. Mm-hmm. And so, um, Artie's goes to take Angela into the walk-in to get her something. Mm-hmm. The walk-in features such uh, brands as Topless Onions and Tubby. I don't know what Tubby was, but I, I'm interested in Tubby. Um, I will say, uh, Produce has some funky names yep. on some of the brands. And it's, it, yeah. Um, so, you know, Artie, Artie doesn't... He doesn't even pretend at that point. Once he's got her in there, he's just like, oh, I got something you want. And immediately starts, like, taking it out. Fucking Ricky busts in, prevents the rape spell. Artie, like, um, shakes the shit out of Ricky, then throws a punch into Tubby. <laughs> um, and then, like, the kids run off. And he just walks out, still buckling his pants up. And, like, everyone, like, Ben, who's the assistant chef, is like, what happened in there? And he's just like... I must have scared him. Zip up my pants. Like, come on, man. Yeah. (sighs) Like, so now um, we get the crucial corn cooking scene where uh, they're cooking ears of corn in this giant pot that's like six feet tall or whatever. Like, he's got to get on a step stool to, to like, look at it. And um, the killer walks in and we're seeing everything from the killer's perspective and basically just takes the chair out from under Artie. And uh, he topples over, grabbing the pot while doing so. When, and he's like, "Get me down from here!" When it's like, you, it's just a step chair. Like you can jump right. off of it. I know you're yeah. a heavy dude, and it's probably gonna hurt you when you fall. But like, you can still do it. <laughs> but um, I no. don't know. I think his guts pulling him down into the yeah. uh, corn. So the way he pulls the vat of corn on top of himself, and he is burnt to shit. One second here. Mm -hmm. We also got to mention, clearly, uh, for whatever reason, they did not have the girl do this. It's Mm -hmm. some older dude. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's painfully obvious. Some dude's jacked hands pulling. Yeah. So so this movie suffers from, um, it was made in an era where it was not expected that you'd be able to see certain details as clearly as you can now in HD. (laughs) So, because I know in the part, there's a part later where it makes it look like Ricky's the killer and you're totally not supposed to be able to see the face of whoever's coming in, but like, it's clearly Ricky um, because it was like, his an HD. You could see that. So um, either way, uh, Artie is now covered in burns. And I like, I like the makeup where he, um, as he's screaming, some of the burns around his mouth are like pulsating. I thought that was pretty cool. uh, Like hmm? some of the, some of the effects, I, I dug like uh, there's a, another body to, who's killed later yeah. on and like it's a good like it's a good fake person that they made. Mm-hmm. Uh, so even the cheesy ones in this movie still have a charm to them where you're clearly like, all right, that's not real. But like, <laughs> yeah, it's still there's there's a charm to how they do it. It's not that but it's not the gore that bothers me. It's the like this. They literally focus the camera on this dude screaming for like five full minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you got to fill the time like, somehow, Rob. Like, and they were proud of this mm-hmm. uh, cream cheese and jelly, this fake <laughs> afterbirth that they smeared all over this guy. Well, 
Yeah, but that is part of the thing. Like the whoever's doing the special effects, I, I forgot to look it up, but uh, they are good at what they're doing. Especially but... considering they're working with like cream cheese and jelly. <laughs> exactly. That their budget is garbage. Now, so. this, this is not the same camp as Friday the Thirteenth, because like no. no, that kitchen looked very with the big pot and stuff. Didn't they have the, the exact same stuff I mean, in Friday the Thirteenth? A lot of them are prefabs. Probably, you know, very similar. Anyway, um, so they forget how time works here because Mm. they're talking to like the doctor and the doctor's like, shame, he's got to be in a lot of agony now. And they're like, well, what about his vision? And it's like, oh, time will tell if he'll have that again or not. As if to imply that he won't be able to tell you who the killer was, but he clearly saw the killer before (laughs) he got burned. As a matter of fact, that's probably going to be the thing he sees forever. Yeah. So, like, he should have told them who did it. I mean, I granted, not right then and there, because he's probably insane with the pain. But, um, you know, like, before things went to the course they went to, he should have been like, oh, yeah, this little girl yanked the chair out from under me. Um, but anyway, so now uh, Mel sleezes it up. and All right, I'll go over to the kitchen staff and be like, I'll pay you guys an extra 50 bucks a week. Uh, ben, you're in charge, and let's just say let's just say that he got another job somewhere. <laughs> as, as if an ambulance pulling up to the camp would not immediately attract every child to look at it. Oh, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. And how hard would it have been just to say he just fucking fell? Yeah, he fell. Like, yeah. <laughs> he's he's kind of top heavy. He fell over. Now shut up and eat your <laughs> even, corn. Yeah. Well, yeah e- even if you want to cover up some of the gruesomeness of it, just say he fell and broke his arm or something. Like. Yeah. All right, so now we cut to the boy's cabin. and All of his bones like a beached whale. <laughs> Poor Mozart over here is lying on the floor with a towel over his eyes. And they're giving him the whole, bet you can't do a sit-up. Like, the power is going to hold you down. And, you know, you know how it goes. This is an obvious ass trap. But <laughs> I gotta say, the, the Foley artist who, uh, who put in the face on ass slap sound effect. <laughs> just, just, mwah. Just <laughs> premium. Admiral Asbar was asleep on this yeah. one. He should have uh, <laughs> given the warning. I guess back in the day, if someone just did that to you, you were just like, oh, you guys. Because, like, I would that would have been a fight right there. But it's I mean, it, before it could... Go ahead, Rob. I, have you not noticed everything is a fight in this movie? Mm. Well, <laughs> later on. And later on in the movie, Mozart also pulls a knife on one of these kids. Well deserved. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So anyway, out of each other left and right in this movie. It's That's a, it's not a fight now because he's the nerdy kid and doesn't have yeah. the friends. But like, once he br- hits that breaking point and busts up, yeah. it's all of it. So fucking counselor Gene walks in, and oh my, this man is wearing he's wearing a pair of shirt of uh, shorts that would be short on a girl, mm. and he's wearing a t-shirt that wouldn't even cover a girl's boobs. Like he's wearing, he's wearing a pair of shoulders. Swear, yeah, he's wearing one third of a tank top, I guess. And and this man, this man is covered like a bear in in body hair. And he just comes in. He's like, all right, let's go play baseball forever. He's like thirty something for real. Like, yeah, yeah. He looks like AC Slater's dad. <laughs> well, yeah. well th- this is also something of a trend because I believe the baseball teams here are shirts versus midriffs. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> no, no, both teams ha- had them. So, 
No, oh, both teams. Okay. Yeah. AC, we go I on. To- left you my will. I left you my quarter shirt. I hope you make it as proud as I did. And we get this this pointless baseball scene that has more than one dissolve that goes back to them playing baseball. It's not pointless. Yeah. It's to show what a pan, what a band of ragtag, yeah. just just killers these little kids are. So it goes on for probably between ten and fifteen minutes. Um, a baseball game that would be considered long in a movie like The Sandlot. Um, and like it features such gems as at one point uh, Billy Blue Shorts, the um, kind of like the main rival of uh, Ricky here. He um, tells Ricky to eat shit and die, to which Ricky responds, eat shit and live, Billy. <laughs> Dude, that delivery you... was so good. Like, <laughs> eat shit and live, Billy. And, and that shut Billy down. He was done yeah. after that. Yeah, what had... are you going to say? What yeah. are you going to say? Man? What are you going to say to that? Nothing has ever been said more calmly. <laughs> yeah. So fucking they like <clears throat> hit the ball. Mozart's playing this sweet ass boxing like Tiger Electronic game. And uh, he still somehow catches the ball. And bottom line is the, the kids from the other cabin, those boys are really mad now because they lost. And they're like, we'll get them back. So maybe they've got revenge on their mind. Mm. So um, like, also- I just open up IMDb real quick because I want to mm-hmm. see names of people, whatever. And most of the cast, their only picture for IMDb is scenes from this fucking movie. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Unfortunately. So, um, honestly, a man- uh, hold on. Just honestly, uh, Billy Blue Jeans, as he called him. Yeah. I think it's Mike. Billy Blue Shorts. Mike's uh, pink sorry. shirt. Oh, Mike's pink shirt. I'm sorry. Well, that, Mike like, probably mm-hmm. had the biggest career, and most of his career was filming the other sleepaway camp movies so <laughs> so um one of the guys on the other team um with like billy blue shorts and uh and mike uh is wearing a shirt just a t-shirt that says jogging shirt yeah just in, I mean, yeah, in excited yeah. like 70s kind of font I'm like all right just you know designate your function i guess and i think one of those kids is from cobra kai from the looks of his shirt <laughs> Oh yeah, what the mullet kid had a sick cobra on his shirt. Um, all right, so now we go to the dance, and um, some of the douchebags from uh, the other cabin, you know, that said they were gonna get um, Ricky back. Uh, they're like, let's go talk to Angela. She hasn't said anything, and they try to sweet talk her for a little while. And fucking Ricky busts into the dance, and this this wicker cowboy hat he's rocking, he is rocking that hat. <laughs> He comes in you and you're like, you, oh, I do. Uh, he comes in and you're just like, oh, man. And he comes in with his boy, Paul. And um, at this point, the kids have, um, the two people that were talking to Angela have given up on trying to, like, get her to, um, I think originally the plan was to get her to go skinny dipping with them. Yeah. yeah. Now now one of them's just like, hey, Angela, why are you so fucked up? <laughs> <laughs> like, because that's, that's the trend. Like, like you, you try to yeah. try like, 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 you know, sweet talk girl, and she says no, immediately she, she sucks. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. I don't know what, it's like the dumbest shit in the world. Like, <laughs> yeah, if you're not into me, you must not like men and whatever. Well, you gotta bullshit. save face. You gotta like, save she'll, face. She'll yeah. never say yes now. You realize that, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So the next sequence of events, keep your, you could keep your blood sport. You could keep your Conan, the barbarian. You could keep all those eighties fights. This fight right here. Fucking Ricky comes in, calls the guy something along the lines of like dick shit or something like that. Pushes uh, mullet man. Mullet man slaps his cowboy hat off and that's it. It's a boy pile. 
Yeah. Like <laughs> one of them pushes the other one down, and there's like twenty guys are just in a pile all of a sudden. And then the kids from the other cabin, like the bad kids, are like yep. five years older than all these other yeah. kids. Oh yeah. And They're, like way bigger. So Gene like pulls um pulls Ricky out. Ricky just unleashes a tirade of profanity at, at um <laughs> at Mullet Kid and Pink Shirt uh Mike, the middle finger that he throws. <laughs> I mean, he leans full into it. He's looking away, like leans back, full extension. Like, it's literally like, I hope you can see this because I'm doing it as hard as I can. <laughs> I had to go back and watch it again. I was like, oh, shit. Like, <laughs> he, threw his, he threw his back out, given that finger. Yeah. <laughs> and the smarmy face and everything. I mean, it's, it's top notch. Like, a, a fine actor could not achieve that if he tried. Like, that was just <laughs> genuine in the moment. Yeah. Um, so Ricky is removed from the dance. So now Paul's like, all right, I'm going to make my move on this Angela lady. And, um, he goes over and talks to her for a while. Judy's course is getting jealous about this. And, uh, you know, Paul leaves and Angela actually says goodnight to him. Holy crap. She can talk. First time she spoke the whole movie. Yeah. And, um, you're like, okay, cool. Did we mention that uh, Judy and, and, and Ricky had a thing last summer? Yeah, we did. Okay. Yep. So, all right. Now we cut to um, the uh, skinny dipping. And uh, so the guys are like, all right, we're going to do this. You know, so you ladies with us. And the ladies are like, ah, I don't know. And the guys are essentially like, all right, fuck you. And let's go. And just like <laughs> a swarm of bare asses just descends <laughs> on the lake. <laughs> And, like, the guys were just like, no, this is happening. I don't care if we get to see naked girls or not. Like, we're just, we're doing this. And, um, yeah, so, meanwhile, this uh, this other kid, uh, what's his name? Um, Kenny. He shows up, and he wants to take one of the girls, Leslie, on a midnight canoe ride. And he's a dick. He just flips the canoe over, dumps her in the water, talks about water snakes. Yeah, again, real smooth move, guy. Yep. And so she swims back to shore, and the girls just leave. And, um, fucking Kenny's like, meanwhile, he's hypnotized by the fucking, um, echo inside the canoe. He just kept talking. Yeah. It's like, bro, you saw her fucking leave. Who are you talking to? Yeah. And like, it's not that cool. And like this head just pops up and he's like, oh, it's you. And then he start he gets drowned. Um, and then the, uh, the boys are, there's some talk of water snakes or their penis and like. There's way too many kids in their tidy whities on the screen. And um, cuts to the next morning where, of course, none of these kids cleaned up any of the shit they moved. So the lifeguard is pissed off. And his you know, act- like a dining room table and chairs. Yeah. <laughs> in the water. Like, yeah, you never saw the kids sitting on them or anything or doing anything with it. And then he sees the canoe that um, uh, Kenny has been drowned in. And he's just like. How the hell did that get there? His delivery is just like, oh wow, that was that was the take. That was your best take. Everything's one take, Joe. One take. Yep. And he oh, comes yeah. over, tips the canoe over, and there's a fucking dead Kenny with a water snake coming out of his mouth. I appreciate like this 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 uh, prosthetic, mm-hmm. this dummy they made, whatever for him. It, I liked it. Yeah. I know something happened in the special effects in this scene where he um the dummy like part of it melted or something happened where like that bit of his cheek is missing because of it like it suffered some kind of damage see i figured he got bit by a turtle or something mm-hmm. i don't know yeah, yeah, they got some, yeah. They got some nibbles yeah. so now 
Officer Stash is on the scene. And this at this point in the movie, this police officer is rocking a pretty substantial like police mustache. Like he's got a, a good authority stash. Like if he was rocking it with a pair of uh, aviators, you'd be like, "All right, whatever you say, officer. I don't want any trouble." Um and it's important to remember that for later cuz this is the last you will see of that mustache. <laughs> Goodbye, and mustache. Me- <laughs> And Mel, like the the owner, basically like tells tells uh, Ronnie to shut up and just say like, yeah, all right, he he hit his head, he drowned. Let's not investigate it any further because you know now Mel's concerned that he's going to lose his camp. Mel's a piece of shit. He is yep. a piece of shit. Um, Which is weird because like who's who's yeah. actually in charge? Because Mel seems like he's afraid of Ronnie. Because Ronnie will beat I, his ass, but no, Ronnie yeah. Will- I think Mel owns the camp, but he yeah. knows Ronnie can get him in trouble and just beat the shit out yeah. of him. So. And I think at this point, Ronnie has stopped him from doing enough crazy things that he realizes when Ronnie says, like, hey, we shouldn't do that. He's like, oh, yeah, okay. All right, that's fair. Yeah. Um. Oh, I shouldn't just monkey slam this kid until he dies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, He's like, Mel, you shouldn't fuck your camp counselors who are yeah. only 17. <laughs> And you're 102. And also, our camp counselors, are you? Do you have no eyesight? What do you? Yeah. Keen? <laughs> All right. So, I love there. The, the girls are playing volleyball now. Judy is rocking a sweet pink shirt that just says Judy on it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's a fairly popular cosplay at horror conventions. Is it? Um. So. Yeah, Judy's just being shitty, just complaining about Angela, because Angela doesn't want to play volleyball. Um, and then, should we call it, we see that there's there's this one, like, ginger camp counselor who's, like, sympathetic towards Angela, but um, the other counselor, Meg, she ain't having any of this shit. But Paul comes by, sets up a date with Angela, like, they're going to see mandatory movie, they have to go see the movie, but they're going <laughs> to see it together. Aww. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, so we cut to that. You know, they leave the movie. They're holding hands. It's nice and sweet. Paul take walks her back to the girl's cabin and gives her an awkward kiss. She's not that into it. So he, he does the like, <laughs> let's turn it off and turn it back on again style of troubleshooting. Like, if the first one doesn't land, don't try it again. It's like, yeah. Are you mad I did that? I'm not yeah. mad. <laughs> but you could tell she was about to say, yeah. just disappointed. And yeah. <laughs> he's like, let me try again. Yeah, like, are no. you mad that I did that? Can I do that, it again then? That's not something where you go for the double tap. The girl like, plays Angela. Like, mm-hmm. she did an awesome job with her blank face. Yep. Like, yes. Because she turned it on and, like, she turned it off and on like like that. Like, one mm-hmm. point, she, uh, she smiled at, um, at Paul when he was asking her out. Mm-hmm. And then, like, Meg came by and her face went from happy to, like, this, this weird, like, it was so Dead. fast. Yeah. <laughs> Which, this by the yellow. way, this is a, a little tidbit I found that I was—I wasn't sure how to handle, but I guess part of her audition was they—he had her just stare blankly forward while she ate a candy bar. <laughs> oh, that's okay. part of. I mean, she does it in the. Does movie. happen, yeah. Yeah, I guess, but like that's just. Right. Oh, so <laughs> I like this next scene. The stakes rise to like this crazy high level and then plummet back down again in a way that doesn't make a lot of sense. So it cut. I mean, I guess it's just the 80s and that's the explanation. But we cut to the boys cabin and uh, Mozart's asleep. 
you know, don't break that rule. You go to sleep last if you're Mozart. You don't. You're not the first one to fall asleep while the, boys, the other boys are up. Yeah, yeah, you're the first one awake. <laughs> yep. Yeah, exactly. The lights are still on in the cabin. You're fucking awake, dude. Yeah. So he's asleep. They fill his hand with shaving cream. They tickle his nose. He creams himself. And um, well, he's so. They're all like, oh, Mozart, you got shaving cream on your face. This dude pulls a knife. (laughs) (laughs) It just goes after Paul. Like a legit, like, Bowie knife. Yeah, Yeah. not even like a pocket knife. Like, like that was a straight up, like, um, like you said, Bowie knife. And Gene's like, oh, well, you're not going to see this for the rest of the summer. And takes it and, like, hides it as if you were hiding it from a cat. Like, (laughs) he saw where you put it. It's, it's, It's across the room. Like, it's like Brian it's, used to do to me. You just put it on the high shelf where I can't reach yeah. it. Right. But yeah, it is. It's also, it's not like it's in a locked cabinet. It's in like one of those cubbies you used to have in kindergarten. Yeah. He just Under puts it, he puts it um, in Rick, Ricky's backpack. Get out of it now. So, um. But yeah, also, now, that's how you know this was a breaking point. Because like, you don't take the knife out for shaving cream. The ass thing. That's when the knife comes out. Yeah. I think that would be like a day one, like, all right, that's the last time this is happening. One of yeah. these is getting stabbed. Um, so now though, the scene, so they're all having a, they're all laughing about Mozart attempting to stab this kid. Gene's like, all right, Mozart, you'll get this back at the end of the summer. And that's it. Like go, go to sleep, everyone. And then someone like makes a comment towards Paul where he like, Oh, lover boy. And then they throw barrage pillows at him. And then it's a boy pile. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's it. And like, we're done with the whole attempted they're, uh, knifing. They're, they're doing their, they're exercising the right of prima nocta. <laughs> sure. <laughs> All right. So now we're on the beach and Angela's just chilling on the beach, you know, not in a bathing suit, like just dressed how she always is. And Judy, of course, is upset about that. So she, Goes and complains to Meg, and you know Judy Angela sucks. Yeah, oh yeah, I'm like, I mean, it's pretty much. I've never a... been mad at a kid like I was mad at Julie's whole fucking movie for no fucking that, reason. That's, yeah, they don't want you to be upset about what happens to her at the end. So I was hoping it would happen at one, at one point. Yeah, wow. So Meg comes over and because Angela won't talk to her, Meg just shakes the shit out of her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like a uh, fucking Ronnie goes over and is just like, "What the hell are you doing?" Um, so. And then we're just back at the girls' cabin, and, uh, you know, again, Judy's still just talking shit about Angela, uh, accuses her of being, quote-unquote, queer. Mm-hmm. Then, um... Yeah, that tracks. Doesn't want to get in the shower with a bunch of girls. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And then, um, when the, uh, I forget the girl's name, but the, the ginger girl that sticks up for Angela comes over, um, like... Judy's like, oh, Angela, she's a carpenter's dream, flat as a board and needing a screw. <laughs> and the stank she puts on it. And then, um, you know, the the girl yells at, at Judy. So then Judy's like, fuck off. So then the girl just hauls off and slaps oh, Judy. She, yeah, she backhands her, like front yeah. hands, right? Yeah. Yep. Oh, wait. <laughs> just for a moment before that happens during this little spout, we get really tense music as Judy, like, throws a pillow at her. Like, yep. that's some big move. And then there's another tense, like, music sting when she goes and goes, like, give me the pillow back. And it's like, what the fuck is happening? So that, that was that was her being put on the list. Mm-hmm. So, she is not on the list already? God damn. Yeah. Um, so now, like, Angela's just like, I'm going to go to uh, the other cabin to see Paul. And um, 
no, though, to go see Ricky. And she goes walking off. And it just cuts to a random rooftop water balloon fight. Like, I'm not yeah. saying I wouldn't have done it as a kid, but that's... It seems like two things you don't want to be doing together. Well, they decided that there were too many scenes of shirts in this film in, this film in mm-hmm. a row, so they needed to get some shirts yeah. off real quick. So Billy Blue Shorts freaking heaves a water balloon at Angela. And Ricky, like, it's just a... It's like two minutes of filth just flies out of his mouth. It just swear word chained into swear word chained into swear word. Which and Mel... Way, uh... My favorite part about that, though, he runs past Angel like, I don't even care if she's okay. Yeah. He just starts flinging insults at these guys. Yeah, Paul's checking on Angela. And Angela's selling this water balloon like she got shot. And um, now, friggin' uh, Billy Blue Shorts, he's mad because Mel took away the canteen for a week, whatever that means. So, um... Does that mean they can't eat? Yeah, I think so. They <laughs> can't eat for a week. You gotta pick scraps out of the dumpster. I mean... And, he goes running off to the to the other boys' cabin, and the other boys are like talking about they're gonna go do something, and they're like, "Why don't you come along?" And he's like, "Hold on, I gotta take a wicked dump." Wicked dump. I mean, so like watching the movie, yeah. My girl, she was like, she was like, "Do guys talk like that?" And I was like, "No." But then when this part came up, I'm like, "Yeah, we talk like yeah. this." Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that we do. Yeah. <laughs> and so like this this kill is dubious at best. <laughs> um, so he's he's in the bathroom and, and it's not it's not a bathroom that he's locked into. He is locked into a stall that is a plywood door that there's clearly like a foot and a half of clearance under and it, the wall to the stall is not even taller than him. Yeah, it's like, and a, like three feet above it. And a broomstick is inserted in the handle, keeping him in there. Hmm. And then uh, a knife comes and cuts the piece of plastic that's serving as a window behind him. I think it's a screen, but yeah. 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 And then a beehive is inserted on a stick. A, a beehive the size of a baseball, mind mm-hmm. you. And the the amount of bees in the hive and the ferocity with which they attack Billy. Uh, and Billy does not think to just drop down. Like, I know it's a bathroom floor, and it's, like, it's probably better just to get stung by the bees. But, like, doesn't think to just drop down and crawl under the door. But no, he waits till he can batter the thing down. And being a little plywood door, it doesn't take him long to batter or, it down. Or, you know, jump out that big busted-ass window that's... Any of that, any of those things. Um, but no, he is he is not only killed by the bees, he is then devoured by the bees. <laughs> like, and, they were honeybees. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anybody want to give a ballpark here? I would say, what, 500 million bees, roughly, on this guy's yeah, body? Yeah. Like, like, it's that. a colony now. They're just tunneling into his face. Like, now, what... What would have made this scene better for me, mm. or like make more sense for me, is if at some point in the movie he had said he had yeah exactly oh, yeah then it wouldn't matter how many bees came out you know right. yeah a few of them and, and they got them but they want to make make a a, a dead body bulb you know uh, uh, spewing out bees in your ten minute baseball scene you easily could have had shit talking Ricky just be like um oh look there's a bee behind you you know I heard you're allergic to bees something like that yep. Yeah. Um, all right. So, and the killer was using Mozart's knife to cut the screen. So now we cut to Mel and Ronnie um, talking and Mel's already got the crazy face on. And he's like, I know who the killer is. Um, and Ronnie accuses him of talking crazy as he's watching. Shatner smash yeah. that little prick. Yeah. So Which, I got to admit here, maybe it's because mm-hmm. I had already seen it. 
and maybe I forgot some things about it, but I, I knew the ending. Yep. Or maybe I don't. I don't know. But like, I honestly had no idea where he was going with this. Yeah. I don't oh, really. He, I don't think he really knew what was going on with that scene before he walked into that room. Um, the actor, I mean. So we cut to Paul and Angela. They go to the lake for a combination of makeouts and takedowns. <laughs> um, and he uh, he starts making out with her and he's he's like starting to unbutton her shirt. And she's like, stop. And he's like, I'm not doing anything. <laughs> it's like yeah. immediately. It's like yeah. his, his mouth touches her mouth hand immediately on the boobs. Like, yep. Just going and, for it. Um, so now it cut. Angela goes kind of catatonic while Paul's just doing whatever there. And uh, which is cut, what you want. That's yep, how you know. Yeah, that's she's the one. Good exactly. So fucking Angela flashes back to her and her brother when he was alive, um, staring into their father's bedroom as he's just caressing another man in bed. And they're laughing about it, having a good time. They're not even, like, uh, giggling. They're just flat out laughing, just standing in the doorway. Yeah. And then um, it cuts to uh, her and her brother kind of staring at each other in a bed while uh, the camera rotates around them. And then she flashes out of that. She's like, oh, by the way, I'm getting sexually assaulted and just runs off. Yeah. No. Yeah. So <laughs> what the hell? What the actual hell? Is yeah, I'm not entirely sure what that's about. <laughs> yeah. Cut to the next day. Fucking Gene and one of the other counselors are like, oh, fucking no capture the flag, whatever. Um, And uh, so the kids are playing capture flag, but like. It looks more just like a game of grab ass because like yeah. there's there's no tactics. There's no like the flags are clearly like way to hell away from the kids and they're just running around in a circle. Like yeah, he, they they take several minutes to have the counselors explain to you the audience the rules of capture the flag as if you mm -hmm. don't know, and then it just cuts to them literally just standing five feet apart and then rushing at each other. Like, yeah, what the fuck? So then um. Paul goes to talk to Angela, and uh, Angela's like, no, I reject you. And um, she goes walking off, and Judy swoops in on Paul and be like, hey, you want to go somewhere with me? Like, the whole, this whole movie, Judy has been hating on Angela the, like, yep. from, from, from day one because she's just evil. Yep. Um, and, like, every time she saw Paul with Angela, she made his face. And you can just tell she's going she's gonna to try and, and, and get mm -hmm. with him to make Angela jealous. Like... And Which is crazy because Paul tried to get back with Judy at the beginning of the movie. That was Ricky. Wasn't having Ricky. It. Oh, Ricky. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, yeah, she's busy giving every other guy at this uh, camp here a handy in the backwoods or mm. something. Okay. So Angela's walking away, and then Ricky comes up to her and he's like, "Hey, Angela. Like, I'm the only person who gives a damn about this capture flag game. I'm pretty sure we could just go through the woods and take their flag while the rest of them run around in a circle." So, um, which was a solid plan. Yeah. So yeah. An yeah. Angela and Ricky go into the woods, and of course they come across uh, Judy and Paul making out. Uh, and Angela goes running off, and then uh, we cut to the beach. Where um, Paul tries to, uh, whatchamacallit, make amends with Angela, fails, and Judy cuts in. And um, Judy uh, basically just gets Meg to go over and uh, pick Angela up and throw her in the water. Mm -hmm. And Ricky's trying to help, because Ricky always goes rushing to help. And Mel just grabs him. Like, Mel's pretending to casually talk to him for, like, two minutes. And then just grabs him, and he's like, I know it's you! You always go running to help her, then someone dies! 
is like just like <laughs> fucking flipping out on this kid. Oh boy! Yeah, how dare you go try and yeah. help that poor girl that's being assaulted the, right now? The kid's just like they're throwing her in the damn water. So like this part of this movie like confused me because there were some scenes where I couldn't tell who were counselors and who were kids. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Um, and like so during this scene, I'm like, is Mel the only grown up around? Is or Meg? Meg and Mel only 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 you know supervisors around? Fucking no! There's like. The lifeguard, yeah. there's like three other counselors mm-hmm. in the water. Like, no one's going to say anything, anything about this? No one? It's the 80s. Well, the yeah, kids are going to be kids. So, and also, I don't know if anyone's mentioned anything or not, but you would think someone might be like, hey, just a heads up, she might be horribly traumatized by water, so don't force her into any water sports. Yeah, yeah one would think. You know, her dad kind of died in a yeah. lake like this. Like well, this, yeah. this lake because it was it was <laughs> yeah. this camp. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, just over there. Yeah. <laughs> or, yeah, and honestly, right you think just in the meeting with the counselors, they would just say, "Hey, we have this girl Angela coming, and you know she had a really traumatic event where her family died, and she's still getting over it. So we should go easy on her, and maybe you know tell your other campers to you know to go easy on her." Wrong. But, I, well, I mean, maybe they, you know, trying to be more sensitive, maybe they didn't want to tell everybody their business, but you'd think mm. they might have at least mentioned that to Mel or something. Yeah. Um, so fucking, uh, what call it? Like, they, they get her out of the water. She's freaking out. Ricky is yelling profanities at everyone. Even the fucking, like, five-year-olds are throwing sand at Angela. And, yeah, um, that, that, that well, threw me off. So I'm like, mm. even the fucking kids are dicks? Like, the yeah. little kids are dicks? Come on, like, yep. yep. Because that's there's why a, there's a scene coming up that I was yeah. like, wait, what did those kids do? That's okay. that's it. Wow. So yeah, don't throw wow. sand at Angela. Oh, you get so, Lizzie Bork. Holy crap. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Ricky promises he will not let any of them get away with it. Um, so now uh, we cut to like the big dance coming up, the social, and um, Ronnie. Uh, he's talking to all the counselors. He gives Meg the night off, and she's like, "Good, I'm gonna go fuck Mel." <laughs> what? And, it just goes up to relationship. Him. Yeah, and it's just like, hey, you want to hit this? Like, 9.30. And Mel's like, yeah, all right. So she's going to go take a shower at the girl's cabin, but there's a line. So she goes to, like, one of the, the boys' cabins. Um, and well, I think I think it was a girl's cabin, too. Because um, okay. they they had they said at one point when, when all, all the killing started, mm-hmm. they uh, had the campus spread out. So they put them yep. all in less cabins now. So then now they have empty cabins. Yeah. So... The killer just cuts Meg up through the shower wall as she joyfully hums. I don't know what the hell song that was. Yo, just, her death. Yeah. It was like, you know, that, 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 that scene that you keep seeing where the guy gets shot. He's like, Ooh, yeah. oh, it was like uh, she was doing that by yeah. herself. <laughs> 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 I'm like, okay, this is, a knife is currently going up your spinal column. You just go, uh, uh, uh. We, we see a killer fail at cleaning blood off of a knife. <laughs> but, yeah, that's the other... I, I think the idea was, you know, like, each twist of the knife, she was like, you know, mm. ah, or whatever, but it's like, why don't you try, I don't know, pushing away from that wall? Yeah. <laughs> She's just leaning against it. Like, <laughs> what? So, um... Should we call it now? Uh, oh yeah, we we see Eddie, uh, one of the other counselors. He has to bring a bunch of kids camping, and he's not what happy these, about that. What are these shower walls made out of anyway? Uh, everything in this movie is like one step up from like a Japanese paper house. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's like, it's like two ply cardboard. 
in all fairness, looking at this uh, this whole camp, that might have actually been what yeah. they were made of. <laughs> but how how are they taking showers in it? <laughs> so, uh, all right, it's a it's a layer of cardboard, a plastic bag, another layer of cardboard, and then a layer of paint. Okay. Um, yeah, remember, Rob, saran wrap is not very strong, but it is water resistant. You know what like I mean? Flex tape. Yeah, yeah, like flex tape. So, yeah, Eddie brings these little kids camping. Um, then Paul successfully apologizes to Angela. She's like, all right, meet me at the waterfront after the social. Um, and then what you call it? We, uh, Eddie, like he, he's camping with the kids and he's like, two of the kids are like, I don't want to be here anymore. So he's going to go take them back. And he leaves the, the shitty sand throwing kids behind. So instead of saying, Hey, everybody get up. We're going back. Yep. He says, let me leave these three eight year olds in the woods. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Like so you do. they, they just straight up get hatcheted. Oh yeah. Now, like watching the scene, I was, me and my girl, I'm like, how are they going to kill all these kids? Like quietly. Cause mm-hmm. like, Kids aren't, aren't heavy sleepers. Like, at least I wasn't. No, well, those four kids slept through the other two kids whining their asses off. Apparently. Even with the little tiny-ass hatchet, like, yeah. yeah, you might get one good shot, but by the time, like, like you get to the other kid, one of them should be waking up. Yeah. Maybe she zipped them up in their sleeping bags first, so they okay. had to struggle to get out. Anyway, um... So now Mel, he's going looking for Meg. He's talking to the other campers, just being straight up overt. He's like, you guys seen Meg? She was supposed to be at my place like an hour ago. Didn't phase any of them. No, oh, yeah. They're like, oh, that's just Mel. Well, um, I get the strong impression. Everyone kind of knows the deal. They just yeah. don't talk about it. So Judy has brought um, Mike the pink shirt back to uh, her cabin for makeouts. And he has to hide under the bed because Mel comes in. He's like, hey, you seen Judy? Her and I are trying to do it. And she's, you know, like, oh, uh, she went to take a shower like a while ago. Um, and then Mike's like, yeah, I'm going to get out of here because, uh, you know, this is more than I am willing Gross. to sign up for. Yeah. So smart move on pink shirt. That spares his life. Um, as the door opens to. Uh, oh, wait, no, no, we're not at that point yet. So now um, Mel goes into the, the other girl's cabin. Uh, into the showers and find Meg's corpse and the acting by this man. <laughs> Every emotion is expressed at once in this delivery. <laughs> Just like uh, Meg, oh, oh, Meg. Like, I'll, I'll get him. I'll get him for you. He's going to hop the body. Because <laughs> he had this like mental breakdown on his face, and then it clears up for a second, and he looks at the body again. Oh yeah, yeah. He he goes like he's gonna leave, then he turns around. He's like, "Let me just let me just make sure I've got this memorized." Yeah, yeah. so weird. Yeah, like, that is a nice butt though. Mm-hmm. But so I then... feel like somewhere there's like a yin yang symbol, and half of it is Mel, and the other half is Neil Breen. Yeah. <laughs> so he has every emotion here, whereas Neil Breen has none. Zero. So, yeah, he goes off in search of Ricky now because he believes Ricky's the killer. And it um, it cuts to someone going in the cabin with Judy. Uh, and you're not supposed to be able to tell at this point it's Ricky, but it's clearly Ricky. And um, Ricky comes in and uh, she uh, I guess Judy can't see him the way the, the light works. It's one of those things where we can see more than the characters are supposed to be able to see. And uh, just walks over and just straight up punches Judy out in one punch. <laughs> 
<laughs> yep. I don't know if punch is out. Uh, punches her into a very low-level orgasm-like stupor. Yeah, she's yeah just, fair. Judy's whole... not doing a great job of pretending to be unconscious. She's like, uh, uh, yeah, What the uh, fuck was up with it? <laughs> and then... Those un- unfortunate sounds. Yeah, so now we see a pillow get put over Judy's face. And uh, a curling iron, which Judy was using earlier, so it's warmed up. Uh, it's it's put somewhere. It's put somewhere. Yeah, it's, you know, like you see the shadow on the wall, and then you see Judy's hands shoot up as if they were grabbing, a, like, a butt. And then, <laughs> like, go back down. Like, no attempt to get that out of her. No nope. attempt to fight back. Just Well, we don't really know what happened. Like, you could have just, you know, burned her belly button. Well, yeah, I, don't know. I, I will say this is part of the weird thing with that, and not that it excludes what we're all thinking could happen, because it still could be, but while the curling iron is naturally a cylindrical shape, mm-hmm. she seems to open it just before attacking. Well, you gotta expose the heating element. Uh, yeah, I guess, but okay. Maybe maybe one, one went in one and one went in the other. Uh, mm. uh, yeah, uh, yeah, maybe. I, I don't know. Either way, Judy's reign of terror on this film ends in a pretty terrible fashion. All right, so Eddie now comes back to the campsite with the the little kids, sees just four hacked up blood sacks where the children used to be, <laughs> and just straight up vomits. Yeah. Um, yeah. This I also had to go back here just to make sure I saw what I thought I was seeing because yep. it was just a pile. Uh, and so he goes running off to go like you know get help. And then we cut to Ricky, who's going to the social that's just about to end. But he's like, yo, I didn't eat dinner. Let me get some candy. And he's like, when he said, get some candy, he meant, I'm going to grab all of the candy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll take the whole trolley. Yeah. Uh, I, I just want to point out, like, was was dinner just candy? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, uh, I mean, there may have been all that was left. All right, so do any of have you... Have you been to a dinner, a dinner that had candy? As a, yeah. as a... <laughs> no, but I mean, there might be like uh, there might be like vending machines in there. Yeah, yeah. if I could guess, uh, I'm guessing they, they have, uh, you know, well, they used to have a pedophile that gave you food. Now they have uh, James Earl Jones' dad who mm-hmm. gives you food of whatever kind. And then I'm guessing it's probably the canteen is like some little shop where you can buy candies and stuff. Yeah. Nice. So... I mean, plus at this point, it's at least 1030 at night. So dinner's probably long since been over. Um, All right. Do any of you know what a powerhouse bar is? Have any of you come across that in your travels? No. No. That's that's what uh, Ricky's eating. Yeah. I'm also not sure how it can be uh, perceived as evidence. What? I don't know. He just he just looks at it suspiciously. Like, oh, you're in the woods where a camp of kids is like there's going to be trash everywhere. All right. And Mel, maybe he wandered into Camp Candy. Mel, uh, just he he hit his limit break. Just fucking grabs Ricky, pulls him into a different scene, gives him like a bunch of forehand and backhand slaps on the ground, and then just resorts to literal like monkey slams, like both fists up in the air, slamming down on this kid. He sasquatches this kid. Yeah, fucking just beats the shit out of poor Ricky. Uh, in a way that is. (laughs) This is very unfortunate for everyone involved. The the powerhouse bar had caramel, peanuts, and fudge. Oh, I mean that. Wait that, a minute, that could work. <laughs> now, yeah, had... was, it, was it chocolate coated or? Uh, I don't know, but it it, it, it it's it, it's not made anymore. 
Yeah. yeah. Why not? Paul Powerhouse. I don't know. Why doesn't Taco Bell have any of the freaking things anymore? I don't know what's going on with Taco Bell, man. I can't. I can't. I can't speak for that. Are they trying to go out of business? I think so. That's got to be it. Like they got to be like right. we've become too powerful. We have to stop. All right. Now, as we've mentioned before, Officer Stash comes back <laughs> wearing God knows what on his face. That's it was. You can't even call it fake hair. Like, I don't know what that was. Um, but yeah, Officer Fake Stash is now on the scene. He's going to go, you know, save the day. He gets the other counselors with him and they break up at the pairs and, uh, call it, go searching around to find the killer. Um, when yeah, that's, that's a great move from the local police to just mm-hmm. have just innocent civilians go off yeah. when there's a killer about. So, um, now uh, Angela meets Paul by the lake again, and she's like, take your clothes off. And he's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <sighs> um, it's finally happening. Yeah. So now, yeah, Officer Stash finds uh, the powerhouse bar, and they find Ricky. He's still alive. Um, and then they find Meg in the cabin. And the face that Officer Stash makes when he walks out of the cabin with, as Rob <laughs> described, a fake gerbil. <laughs> Attached to his face. No, a dead gerbil attached to his face. It may have been a dead fake gerbil. Yeah. <laughs> the look at it. Oh, my God. It's like, I want that as my computer's wallpaper now. Uh, yeah. I love that the some of the, like, the rolling head we're about to see is more mm-hmm. realistic than this man's mustache. Well, the face he the gives is. The head wasn't is, bad at all. Uh, yeah. No, the head wasn't bad. The face he gives is like, yes, it's a fake mustache. <laughs> yeah. let's never speak of it again yeah. um it's it's as if he's telling the viewer look anywhere about the mustache look anywhere about the mustache shit they saw the mustache yeah. um, like shiny I, at one point too like yeah. <laughs> why didn't they just say he shaved days have uh, gone by he could have well, shaved they could have just said it was a different cop nobody would have right. cared yeah well, yeah well, I think the idea is supposed to be the same cop, and he might have even done some shoots with his mustache, mm-hmm. and then reshoots were done after he shaved, and they were like, well, fuck. And DC didn't yeah. even learn from this. <laughs> so, we go back to the beach for the big reveal. Well, wait, are, we haven't gone over Mel's death yet. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I skipped it. Mel actually gets... The, his acting the is terrible. Same death but, as in Friday the 13th. But the arrow going through his throat is a cool effect. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. In that, that is, that's an arrow, that's the back end of an arrow going on a track and hitting into his throat, and then a different front half of the arrow springing up really fast behind him so, in such a way that it looks like it just went right through his neck. It's, um, it's cool. It's a good effect. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he gets Friday the 13th right on the archery range. The minute I saw him in front of the, uh, like, walk in front of that target, I was like, don't you dare. How dare you? But Mel knows who the killer is now, but it's I've too late. I've only seen, like, four horror movies. Yeah. I would have liked to have, like, more deaths before Mel's. Yeah. So he yeah. knows good and well. Well, the problem he is just, you're counting all those kid. kids as one. <laughs> like, yeah. He, he just killed an innocent kid. You know what I mean? Like... <laughs> In his mind, he just killed innocent kids. Mm-hmm. Mm, true. So, well, I think he still had that realization mm. when he saw who it was. Nah, it's I like, want I want to see him squirm longer. Yeah, true. I'm not arguing that. Or it, definitely, if there was a scenario where the killer killed someone after he had already just beat Ricky to death, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, and now he's like, shit. Um, 
So now Ronnie and Susie go to the beach, uh, to the lake, and they find Angela sitting there with no clothes on, and they see Paul's body, and it looks like she's cradling his head, and it flashes back to her weird aunt, Ricky's mom, (sighs) just saying she's always wanted a girl, two boys won't do, and sure enough, yep, Peter got turned into Angela, and he's (laughs) a college boy. Wearing Angela's face, stands up with a knife and a severed head, and we end the movie on a growling dick shot. It's, I mean, it's not even growling. It's like this weird mouth breathing, and the face uh, they used, the, the mask that they used, looks like the the Bat Boy from Weekly World News. Yes. <laughs> Like, it looks like every CG shot from the 90s where somebody's mouth would open up a little too big. Yeah, and they do they do their best to, like, intersperse it with shots of actual, like, Felissa Rose. So, like, to try to sell the illusion, it does not work. And then they, they close up on her she, face. Well, yeah, well, when they close up on her face, that's her. Yeah. That's her uh, just great. doing that face. <laughs> great. But, yeah, when they cut to the wide shots... It's this weird, gross mask, like you said, looks like Batboy. It's got, like, this helmet of hair that looks like Gene Simmons. Yeah, but nobody's looking at the face at that point. Brian, you were saying that. Like, the the person who who this kid, whoever whoever did this naked naked shot, like, is clearly, like, five times the size of Angela. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Harry... It's like there's no there's no way that this person could have been confused for Angela yeah. in, in any of her outfits the entire movie. Like not a one. Oh. <laughs> so bad. Um, no, it was literally it was a kid they found, and they he had to get drunk to be like actually like okay enough to to do it. Um, and then yeah, we and that's it. Just like the movie ends, like screen turns green, you know, on Felissa Rose's face, and we get like a catchy jingle. As the credits Petty roll, jingle. I, I forget that, what it was. Is that but what you uh, took away from that? It ain't a good song for sure. <laughs> no, it is not a good song. <laughs> yeah. The music in this is just something else, man. Yeah, two and, kids in their garage. It might have been that drunk kid. He's like, if I have to show my wiener, I'm gonna sing the, the soundtrack. Yeah. So. Uh, According to to legend, nobody knows who that person is, and they've never come forward. No, they're they're on IMDb. They're on what as as Dick Kid, uh, <laughs> Naked Angela, uh, Naked Angela. Oh. Ah, like, right. it's like the very last name on the on the bottom of the thing. Well, then I guess they have since I saw. Well, to uh, be fair, that could also be uh, you know they have an IMDb page, but that might not be the real person. Mm. Oh yeah, it's it's Archie Liberace. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, all right. <laughs> yeah. Uncredited. Uncredited. Yeah. Archie Liberace. Mm-hmm. Sure. All right. Movie's over. Yay. Let's make five more of these sequels. <laughs> Let's Fucking do it. Five. <laughs> gravy. Tony. Yeah. Tomatoes. So, rotten. On RottenTomatoes.com. <laughs> Keep in mind that this is updated on a regular basis. Can, can we call it not yet ripe tomatoes? <laughs> sure. sure. Uh, but critics gave it a. Call it bald tomatoes. <laughs> oh, God, please. Uh, critics gave this a 78%. Audience gave it a 60%. What? Wow. What? Wow. That's, well, again, I'm sure that's more recent reviews now that people appreciate it as a cult classic 
And yeah. <sighs> anyway, um, that's their thoughts and opinions. What about you and yours, uh, Rob? This movie's so bizarre, but not like in a fun way. It's like, the, yeah. The, so, all right, don't get me wrong. There were parts where I was like laughing out of how stupid it was. But there's so many more parts where I'm just like, I just have a WTF face. And it hurts your muscles to hold that face for an hour and 20 minutes or however long this film is. Um, I don't know how to, how, to, how to respond. This movie's not hard to watch, really. It's just hard to process. <laughs> yeah. Like, it goes by fairly quickly. It's just so weird. Can I give an undecided? Oh my guess. <laughs> the first in in podcast history, an undecided. I truly don't know. I truly don't know what to say. All right, uh, Brian. Don't watch this shit. Don't watch this shit. <laughs> Go to YouTube if you want to see some 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 shitty effects. And I'm sure that the the end the end scene of 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 the of the uh, the uh, reveal is up there too. Fuck this movie. Like it's just it's just. <laughs> It hurt. It hurt. And I can't believe that it got rated, rated as, high, as high as it, did, it, it, as it got. <laughs> yeah, like, that I can't believe. I can't believe that. Like, it's this movie felt, it felt three hours long to me. Because every scene took too long. Like, in between the deaths, took forever. And I'm like, there should have been, like, way more deaths in, in, in this movie. Like, I would like to have seen this movie be, like, in the beginning when, 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 uh, when the father and, a, and the other kid die. Right. If if the if the kids on the boats had said Camp Arawak on the boats or had the shirts on, so there's some sort of hatred toward this camp, so that when 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 Angela gets a chance to go, go to this camp, the, the murder must must happen, the killing must must start or something. Mm-hmm. You know, some. But no, it's it's just got picked on and just just murder people. Like that, that was it. That was it? Like it's fuck. Anyway, don't watch the movie. It's shit. Watch um Friday the Thirteenth. Watch that. Better. You're not I- wrong. We're not wrong. Uh, Joe. I don't know. Watch, watch Meatballs. Meatballs. <laughs> meatballs. <laughs> oh, it's not even. Just go make meatballs. They're delicious. Can I yeah. go? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so, I don't know if it's like having more knowledge of what I was getting into that makes a difference, but I enjoyed the hell out of myself watching this. Like, this was a, this was a fun time. It's weird as hell. Uh, you have a lot of questions, but like... Pretty quickly into this movie, you're like, all right, I don't have to give a damn about anything here. And just enjoy how quirkily bad everything was. And to, for me, this is this is an absolute good bad movie. Um, and I could I could definitely watch it again and have fun admiring how bad it is. Um, you know, it's I guess that's that's really it. Like I, I could see if I had watched this not knowing anything about it, I might have been upset. But I don't know. I didn't. I was. I was not bothered by it. Eighty-four minutes long goes by very quick. Um, no one is acting well, but so many people are are doing really well at acting badly that like a lot of it doesn't land in the way they intended it to, but it still lands. So yeah, I would definitely recommend you see this movie. <laughs> okay. Um. I I will give us a light recommend. It's. I, I would argue it's not that nobody's acting well. I think the kids are acting really well, but they're given a shit script and dialogue. Mm-hmm. The adults, however, are off the rails. Like, the older you get, the more out there you are and ridiculous you ham it up. But, uh, yeah, I think you kind of have to know your audience, but this w- is a good, uh, like, a good, good, bad movie and will be fun for, like, parties, especially hot around Halloween like this. And... 
while yeah, it might help to know what it you know you're dealing with going in. I also, uh, as we mentioned off air, um, I'm really sad that we have to deal with this pandemic stuff because I would have loved to seen Rob and Brian's faces. Yeah, watch this for that would have been time. great. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure you're looking at Brian's face right now. <laughs> Probably, <laughs> but still. Uh, yeah, I think this could be a fun party watch, you know, like gets people together to, to just, you know, laugh and make fun of it and, you know, have a good time. I, I will say, I mean, like, like she's probably going to dump me from this, but I'm glad I watched <laughs> it with someone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, um, so we're, we're kind of split at the moment, sort of, uh, we got to recommend, we got a light recommend and no recommend and a absentee valid. <laughs> yeah. <the> abstention. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I guess sort of watch Sleepaway Camp, sort of watch Friday the 13th. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah, that's, I guess, where we're at with this one. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck this movie. <laughs> now, uh, before we wrap things up, uh, two, two points of note. Uh, one, uh, Muhammad Ali also had a candy bar. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what it was? What's that? It was like an Nestle Crunch. So, ah. suck on that. Also, uh, Brian, you weren't here last time, but you did watch Bumblebee. Did you want to give a brief summary or a brief opinion on that film? Uh, Bumblebee? Since you, since you did watch it. You know, yeah, I watched it. Um, it was it was just alright. Like, yeah. for me, it wasn't a horrible movie. It wasn't like... It had some entertaining moments to it, but it just didn't make sense to me. Like, like, like uh, I love the nostalgia of the first fight scene in it. You know, because you're on... On, on whatever, on a, a Cybertron, and you see like Optimus isn't, and you know, Optimus, you know, Bumblebee's, you know, the one you know, whatever, whatever. Uh, but then I'm like, if they haven't been to Earth yet, why do they look like Earth vehicles already? And then like, my brain just couldn't, thing. couldn't let go of that. <laughs> so like, the whole rest, and then I was like, how come they never see the names of any of the bad guys in the movie? I look up the, 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 uh, the, uh, the, 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 the two, the two, the two ones fighting, uh, fighting in the movie. And like, they were new new characters. Like, they're not even in the canon. So I was like, wouldn't you want to say their names over and over again so you can, like, sell that toy? You know, like, something. But Or maybe this was a movie trying to fight the previous movies that were just trying to sell that toy. Well, like, like <laughs> this movie's better than the other ones by a long shot. Like, by a long shot. Like, oh, yeah. Just, <laughs> like, like, so in that comparison, yeah, you know is a good movie but like it, it, things just didn't quite make sense to me you know i, I would have had fun watching it with, with, with you guys and you know what i mean like it would have been nice to, to watch you guys and shoot shit while watching it but like it was just anime you know i wouldn't i didn't hate it but it was like okay well thank you for that um anything from anybody else going once going twice will uh we want you to eat shit and live <laughs> guys we want to thank you so much for listening uh if you enjoyed our podcast you can find our archives at www.4ampodcast.podbean.com uh you can support us by picking up some merch at teespring.com slash 4am podcast help support the podcast in other ways and get access to patrons only content by becoming a a patron at patreon.com slash 4am podcast you can of course Email us at the4ampodcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter or Facebook. And that is that. Thank you for listening, guys. We'll see you in the next episode. Deuces. Adios. Good night, everybody. <laughs>